Hello, Bernadette Wintersbell, the host of the podcast from heartache to healing and hope. And today I have my first full length podcast for season number three, which we have titled from heartache to the art of healing. And that just encompasses so much, whether it's the arts or a mixture of the art and science of healing, or what kind of arts are are involved here um, to help with healing, which I think so many people need. So my very special guest is Cece Treadway. Cece, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. It's really wonderful to be here. Wonderful, terrific. So since I'm going to take a really strong guess that you know yourself better than I do, <laughs> would you please introduce yourself to my audience? Sure. Okay. Well, I am a transformational healer and a multidisciplinary artist and kind of like a creative coach, but um, working at it from really the depths of healing level of the soul. And I've been helping primarily women unlock their creative and healing powers for the last 20 or so years. Um, to start creating what they want in their life, to start healing from heartbreak, from disempowerment, from sexual and relational trauma, um, childbirth trauma, things like that. And then really reclaiming their essence and beginning to live the life that they want. So that's kind of the gist of it. The big general, the general gist of it. You know, as you're speaking, I'm thinking of how similar our works are, although our titles are different. You know, um, so I'm a thanatologist, death and dying, hmm. and a life loss and grief therapist, and a mm -hmm. podcast about healing and hope and kindness. Um, yeah. And I don't say my practices for women, but that's usually who comes through the door. Right. <laughs> um, the, the men that come here voluntarily are limited, yeah. mostly some woman dragged them here. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. And recovering and healing from traumas or loss mm -hmm. is what I do yeah. um, so that they learn the life skills needed for them to go through the healing process, the grieving process through the healing process and live their best life. Absolutely. Yeah. How similar, but I'm sure we took very different paths. Mm -hmm. So how did you come to be the person doing this work? Well, I think when I was younger, I had a natural inclination. I would have these like fantasies about, you know, laying my hands on people and having them miraculously heal. Like I thought about those kind of things a lot, even as a child. Mm. And I had a very deep spiritual connection, even as a kid. Like I would pray with Mother Mary in the evenings, mm. I'd really feel her presence coming into my room. Wow. And, um, we belong to a, a spiritual community at that time, my family and I. So the, the, I just remember really being surrounded by spiritual energy. Um, How and unusual. It, yeah. That, that not only were you encouraged and supported, but you were in that kind of community, not that you had to keep it a secret, you know, within yourself. No, um, that's one of the greatest gifts my parents gave to me was encouraging my spirituality and encouraging my creativity, which is really like my, my two life missions. Mm -hmm. so no accidents. Right. Right. Um, right. 
And then as I, as I grew older, I, I continued all through uh, high school studying spirituality and the arts. And um, after college, I went to art school, but after college it took a few years. And then I went to the Barbara Brennan School of Healing, which is a four-year program that really integrates psychology, energy healing, and physical healing, as well as your life purpose and creativity and all that stuff. So it was kind of the perfect place for me to really develop my healing skills. And uh, then I went back for another two years to study like um, integrative psychotherapy for practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, I've had a million other trainings, right? <laughs> but um, those that that training is the heart of my work, and everything else that I do is really uh, just adds adds to that foundation. And I went into practice, yeah, about twenty years ago. So when you were thinking of this, and then studying in different ways, besides people in that field. What was the reaction of people when you told them what you wanted to do? If you had a name for it or a concept. I was a very instinctual person. I mean, I guess I'm still an instinctual person. So if I have like an inclination, I'm just going to go for it. Right. When I, I also was really lucky. I mean, I, I just felt like I was always surrounded by people who were really supportive of who I was. And I just was who I was. And no one was like, oh, that's so weird. Like I didn't get a lot of that, to be that's honest. So you knew your audience. I guess so. I guess that was just one of the, like, I'm still really close with, with a a handful of my high school friends (laughs) and we all were super like into this kind of stuff together. And yeah, I know it was weird. Like that's not the norm. And I thought it was. So I think I just walked around thinking everybody was into it and wasn't going to reject me for it. And, and that's kind of mostly what happened. Wow. Wow. Talk about ignorance being bliss. That's terrific, <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Wonderful. So after you do your studying and, you know, when, when you're into this kind of work, so many courses are, are interesting and see how they integrate and work together. Right. Yeah. We could be professional students forever and kind of in a way we are. <laughs> right. Never stop. Never stop. Right. Right. Well, that's an important lesson. Funny you mentioned, I was just talking to somebody about that, that mostly when we're growing up, we think that when we get to be an adult, we're going to like have figured it out. Like we'll know things. <laughs> right. I know it's pretty funny now. Right. And at some point in our life, oh, well, I'm a young adult. I'll, I'll know something, you know, and we go along not realizing, well, a lot of people that this is truly the most creative and comfortable way to go through life is to know that it's always a learning process. You can learn and teach and that, you know, so many people come in here to my office and say, I can't believe that I'm X amount of years old and I'm just learning this Mm -hmm. 35, 105, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's like you were just ready to learn it now. Like that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But we also think that we should have, well, many people, we should have known this by this time. Yeah. But it's interesting that it doesn't seem like that is what crossed through, say, your mind and your heart and your spirit, but you were just learning. 
Yeah. And, that, and I would, I would say in that area of life, and there are many areas of life where I don't have the same, like easy breezy attitude or experience at mm-hmm. all, where I feel like there have been tough lessons and um, where I've had to learn and relearn and unlearn and be surprised and be like, are you serious? You know, I, I have, I have those places in my life too. It's just that um, spirituality and creativity are my backbone. I love it. And where would you say is where you, the lesson that you have to keep learning? And I'll tell you mine first. So I often find myself at places like hospitals and things with people. Um, And so when I'm in a situation like that, I always ask myself, what am I meant to learn here? Um, Because it refocuses me if I'm in any other kind of direction. Mm -hmm. And often the answer is patience. My answer is usually patience. I still have to learn patience. <laughs> and I follow up with, uh, apparently, Bernadette, you do. <laughs> That's funny. It's good when you don't take yourself too seriously, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I'm done with pay. I already learned patience. Okay. Yeah, That's really? We have to do this again? <laughs> so what would you yeah. say was the lesson that you find learning over and over again? Well, I mean, I would, my, my hardest lessons have been in relationship, like, period, end of story. That's, that's where the challenge is this time around. If you think about things that way. Um, and, and I feel like I started with like literally knowing not just nothing, but, but minus, I was like starting in the minus, like the karma was so intense, you know what I mean? And just the very, very basics took so much trial and error. And I mean, intimate relationships, my friendships are like, they're pretty great, you know? pretty normal learning curve that's that's going well. <laughs> um, but the the family relational dynamics that led into my relational choices have definitely been my Achilles heel and mm-hmm. healing from pretty deep um, codependency and that kind of thing. Everything that goes along with that has been a really, really hard life journey, a humbling one, completely humbling. You know, when we are learning things that humble us. They're the hardest lessons. They're the deepest lessons. And I've found for me too, those are the the most important ones. Yeah. Not necessarily that I've wanted to keep learning them like, all right, I've been through that and been through it and been through it. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It goes into the column with patience. What? We're still doing this. (laughs) This can't be happening again. Are you serious? There's more to learn in this pattern. Like, Exactly. Put a fork in me. I'm pretty well done. Right. I remember one time I read a quote by Oprah uh, where she has a belief that, you know, you're always learning. She woke up one day and said, Jesus, I don't need to learn anything today. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. I'm good. (laughs) I had had this really fun experience recently where I went to, it's called acoustic guitar camp. (laughs) And it was a whole week of just playing guitar with people like bluegrass, roots music, you know, singing these old tunes, harmonizing together. It was like the least stressful thing I've done in years. And not one person was going through a major transformational process or really learning anything other than just like playing music a little better. And um, I was like, this is the best week of my life. Like, is so incredible that we're just enjoying each other we're just enjoying life with music I was like I I I should we're gonna do more of this you know and isn't it interesting when we have a time where 
we almost put our brains on pause, which by the way, I believe we should have been born with a, both a pause and a reset button, but that's a good idea. It's a conversation for another person, <laughs> another time. Um, but, and just say today uh, or this week, I'm just going to listen to music. I'm just going to make music. I'm just going to do this mm-hmm. and let the others take a break, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's so necessary and we do it so infrequently, you know? So infrequently. And actually, I think for people and especially trauma survivors, like it takes a while to get there to be able to train ourselves to sustain joy, happiness, and ease for like an entire week, right? Right. That's a huge accomplishment. If you've rewired your nervous system enough to be able to just maintain stasis for an entire week, that's not, that's like, that should be celebrated. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, I think of things all the time in balances. So I don't look at things like good days, bad days, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So if I have a day, let's say that most people call a bad day or bad afternoon, difficult. I think of it as I'm taking resources out of my bucket here. I got mm-hmm. two buckets going on. And I need them. I need the rest or whatever it is that I need, need time to cry or a break from work and nature. And, oh, gee, a nap sounds good right now for that. (laughs) And I use that. And maybe the next day is a time I refill the bucket. Mm -hmm. And so I rest some more. Mm -hmm. And then the third day, I go out and, you know, get up, get dressed, go out and conquer the world kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I got better or was healed or anything. It was that I refilled my bucket so I could. Right. And so it's always this balance. Like we, we accept that for our physical being. If we're hungry, we put, or thirsty, we put nourishment in. And then it goes through the process and part of it leaves the body. And then we put some more in and that's pretty natural because we hear our stomach rallying or we feel cranky or our blood sugar is low, you know? So when we have physical clues, that seems natural to us, but this balance inside our spirit is not as easy to detect. And when the clues come, we don't often accept them as clues about an imbalance in the spirit. So how do you see that? I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Mm. And I think we're, we're taught from a very young age to override those kind of subtleties in ourself. And one of the ways in which, I mean, I love the, the system that you've created for yourself mm. where, you know, you have certain resources and certain needs and you kind of are able to sense in when to do what and such a deep honoring of self right? And your own internal ecosystem. And so I agree. I think I have, for me personally, I had to really take some time away from expectations, away from even the habitual um, need to go deep into my feelings all the time. Cause I was one of those, maybe I had gone to the other side of the extreme from growing up, not really feeling my feelings so much to then like feeling them a little too much all the time and making things a little bit too much. And it would actually stress my system. Sure. And I was going up and down a lot. So there became a period where I started really paying attention to like how I could create a little bit softer of a wave. 
And that meant listening deeply to the spirit that meant listening deeply to my physiology and what it needed. How was my brain used to, to like swinging and like retraining it to consider another option? I love that. I have this fantasy. This is something I can share (laughs) on a podcast that there would be this machine and it would be kind of like a CAT scan or x-ray machine would be for the physical body, but this would be for our spiritual body for, Mm -hmm. and it would show people, the scan would show, say where in your body you're holding stress, grief, trauma, Mm -hmm. and what parts are vulnerable, usually because of that. And um, what parts are in need of replenishment, love, caring. Right. Um, because I think it's so hard for people living in this culture and they're so used to concrete things, you know, my hand hurts. Now I know what to do for that. Okay. Let me put this on it, do this. But because not being in tune with the spirit and and so many people thinking that's a ridiculous idea to begin with, you know, like they wouldn't even want to do it, but if I could show them a picture, (laughs) You know, that's concrete, you know, that, so let's say they hold stress in their stomach. And of course it's right in the middle. So it's connected to everything up and everything, you know, east, northwest, east, east, east and south. And so if we're not going to be kind to that, we're going to feel maybe our knees will hurt, maybe our shoulders, maybe our heart, you know, and they can begin to see the connections Mm-hmm. And how the spirit can be ill at ease. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there are people who are developing technologies like that. No. Yeah. And oh, one of them. Oh, I'm so excited to hear this. One of them is called Healy, where they actually. It's called Healy, H E A L Y. And it's a little machine. It's like a biofeedback machine, microcurrent machine uh, that's built upon actually 20 years of. Um, technology with these bigger microcurrent machines that the names I am forgetting at the moment, but um, it does scan the body and the spirit. And in fact, they've designed it to scan 12 dimensions of the auric field and the soul level. And they have all these uh, microcurrent treatments after they scan the body to say, okay, well, you are feeling uh, tension in the heart due to fears of rejection. And you can actually get a microcurrent treatment in that moment to help like balance out the heart. Yeah. Build it and they will come. Okay. And that's what I just went to, right? Wow. I've been talking about this fantasy for, I don't know, 20 years or something. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, it's out there. It's out there. We're just really like, we're, it's being pioneered kind of, you know, I mean, we're, we're about 20 years into the technology. Rife, Rife machines started it. That's the technology. Um, And then they just kept building upon it. And they can, they can scan the whole body, physical, emotional, spiritual now. Pretty. Now, is that in the United States or someplace else? Based in Germany, I believe, but they sell and distribute them in the United States. Yes. Okay. It sounds like something that would have started in Europe or somewhere, you know? Wow. And it's actually FDA approved as a stress relief machine because, you know, that's the way we can get things through the FDA. No question. And stress relief, they can sell. Yes. So and pain relief, stress relief and pain relief. 
two things that the American public could understand, would understand, yeah. be willing to understand, and to say, okay, I want my physical pain reduced. I want my stress levels reduced, you know? And of course, stress is our, is not the situation. It's our response to the situation, but it's been misused for so long. That kind of got lost in the sauce there somewhere, you know? Yeah. Wow, pretty amazing. Yeah. So how is it that you offer all these different things that you've studied now? Do you have a practice? How do you do this? Yeah, I have a practice. Um, I meet with people one-on-one -on -one and in groups and I have programs. Um, I have a creative mystery school. That's like my favorite thing that I do. We are creating this beautiful and nourishing and magical and enriching container for you to tap into what is most nourishing and magical and creative about yourself and about your life and how you can bring that forward. We really start to, we bring people into deep uh, meditative states to access their like pure creativity and inspiration and alignment. And then they begin to create music, art, writing, um, or anything else. For those who forgot And it's such a deep dive into the soul and into our ability as creators to express ourselves, to heal ourselves, and to manifest for ourselves. Generally, when students start to really dive into their creations, they find sooner rather than later that what they're creating or writing or painting starts to come true in real life. And so it's really the study of how we can be deliberate, um, intentional creators with integrity, with consciousness. Because when you get to that place where you're really working with energy and emotion and presence, your creations have direct results, right? right? So, you know, I've had some clients who, before they understood this, were writing these intense things or painting things, that dark images, stuff like that. And it would start to come true in their life. And I'd be like, you know, honey, you're just, you're, you're too powerful now to be creating, you know, it's going to bring physical results and it's not because anyone's bad or good. It's because that's how the creation process works. Right. Right. So it's a, it's a really cool study. And of course it's trauma informed because we do work with shadow energies and people's stuff is going to come up and mm -hmm. their blocks. And because there's visibility, people are sharing and performing and accessing places that maybe were not safe as a kid to, you know, it wasn't safe for them to show who they are and to be creative. So it's really a wonderful and mysterious journey, creative expression. I love it. Love it. And why, why mystery? Because they start out that it's a mystery to them until they discover. 
Um, well, traditionally, a mystery school is a place where people go to essentially grow spiritually, whether it's the Egyptian mystery schools or the Hermetic uh, European mystery schools. Um, it's just a place of spiritual education and growth and, and studying that which is hidden from us. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what I was expressing. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's true and it's there, but you have to discover it. You have, yes, exactly. By going to these deep inner spaces. Wow. Love this. Love (laughs) this. And what's the most hmm, surprising thing to you as you do this work? I'm always surprised at how quickly people are able to start creating in the way that they didn't like a couple of years ago, we did a book writing one and none of them had written books. I hadn't written a book, but the way we set up the curriculum and with the work that we do with spirit, how we connect people with spirit, like everybody just started writing their book within the first few classes Really, and they all finished their book by the end. Really? Yeah. And I, I had a co-teacher who was helping um, to maintain some of the structure as well, because I can sometimes lose track of things I'm a little more ADD. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so I brought, I knew we were writing books. So I brought someone in who was, who can better maintain structure. So they all were able to creatively unlock and were so inspired by their own work and sharing the work with each other. And one of them, now her book is published, like she took it further and wrote another book. So, it, you know, again, someone who had never written a book before. And I was amazed at actually how good the books were. Like they were good, you know, wow. when they unlock their creative genius. And I believe really everybody's a creative genius. If we really tap in to our, to that place within us and our muses, our spiritual source of streaming creative, you know, genius at all times, you, you help connect people in there. And what comes out is like, oh my Wow. And I'm surprised even in myself, like in my painting work, when, when I just tap into that place and start painting and then I see what's created, I'm like, I have no idea how that happened. Like truly, like that's better than I thought. And, you know, (laughs) it's, so we don't often say that about our own work, but I, but I, I am surprised continually. You know, interesting. um, This happened yesterday. So it happens often. Um, I'll be responding to a client and saying something and something will come out and I don't pre-plan or, you know, whatever it is, it is. And I forget what I said, but I said something and went, Oh, that's good. I think I'll steal that for myself. And it happens all the time. (laughs) There's nobody more surprised than me what comes out of my mouth, you know? (laughs) And I found that when I learned to get out of my own way, whenever that was, I don't know. I can't remember a particular lightning bolt coming down. But I went to learning as I had been and inputting it in here, mm-hmm. not from here down. Right. And not figuring out how I was going to respond to people. Mm-hmm. So when you're initially teaching of any kind, you want to share pearls of wisdom, just mm-hmm. if they would just shut up now, then you could tell them this great stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. And then when you learn that's like obnoxious and rude, um, and not helpful, and just allow it to, you, to listen, to really absorb it, not let it go and cover your spirit or, or heart. 
and then just respond as it needs to be, but by trusting yourself, you know, mm-hmm. not planning it, you know, yeah. and yeah. often I'll say, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, and sometimes I say it to myself, but sometimes I say it aloud, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it is interesting to the person because, and first of all, it makes me more real, but that I'm learning all the time also. This isn't just, I have all the knowledge and you, my student, will be learning. It's not like that at all, you know? No, it's not. It's not. And it would be no fun if it were. No, exactly. Exactly. So um, I love the idea of what you're talking about, the creative process, because I, I, I like live that all the time, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's lovely. And what's been the thing that... Um, hmm. Like you love so much you want more of. Um, these days it's just diving into my own creative ecstasy. Mm-hmm. I've been taking more time for my own painting, uh-huh. creative exploring. And I just like seem to have more permission for myself these days to just let it flow and let my dreams about where I want to take my own work, uh, that's, that's kind of what feels really exciting. That's the uncharted territory of like, well, what if I showed my work at these galleries or, you know, did did this thing because I've been very much in the healing arts Mm -hmm. and not as much in like the art world or the music world. I mean, I I do a lot of performing actually, but um, yeah, I feel ready to move to the next level of that. I think I was starting that and then we went into the pandemic and I just what really showed up for my community during that time and, and other, other people. And now it's kind of swinging back towards let's just take my own creative process as far as it could possibly go. So you're allowing yourself, I'm hearing to create and share. And would you say this is part of a healing and or growing process for you? Absolutely. Like I said, codependency has been a big theme of this life to heal. And I think many women. Mm. So to really claim my own artistry just for myself, because I feel like it and want to take it somewhere. That's like, hey, guys, I'm going to I'm going to do this for myself, you know, and not necessarily share it as a teaching right away. Right. Right. Oh, I just I just love that. Yeah. Do you have aspirations, ideas for other things you wish to do or? Um, I am also creating an album. <laughs> so I'm recording a, an album of music. Wow. Yeah. Can I ask what kind of music or is that a mystery? Or, it's, or a secret, really? <laughs> it's not a secret. It's sacred singer-songwriter music. Wow. And I have been writing songs and performing songs all along. And Mm -hmm. then I started increasing a little bit of my musical skill with my instruments and learning the programs for um, production. And also, like I said, performing a lot around the area in the Hudson Valley. So I tour with a woman named Radharani and Mm -hmm. she's a pretty well-known Kirtan artist and I'm her main harmony person. So I've really been enjoying touring with her. I was in a gospel choir for a while too. And I've had my own music and I've performed it, but I do really enjoy singing in groups and 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 not having it be a super stressful thing. But I did um, but but I'm 
the next chapter is sinking into the development of my own work to that next level. So that's part of it too, is doing the music and carving out the hours and, you know. <laughs> getting sure. Again, it's a balance because yeah. if you're going to put the energy and time and focus into that, it has to come out of something else. Yes. Yes. So, and if you don't do that mindfully, you know, it becomes, Oh, like you said before, this is now negative. <laughs> Well, exactly. And then I'm resenting my artwork, which is the last thing that I want to do, or I'm putting pressure on it to be something. And so really kind of like just taking it step by step and, and enjoying the process and trying to actually listen to everything that I've shared with others. I'm like, I'm not a bad teacher. So let me listen to my old classes. And sometimes I listen to them and I'm like, wow, I just need to do my own curriculum. I can't even tell you how many times I've had that thought. I was... I did a podcast, I don't know, a week or so ago, and uh, I wanted to talk about um, how sad I had been that morning. I woke up, it was sad, and I wasn't worried about it, or I didn't exactly know exactly the right reason or the reason, but I allowed myself to have the feelings. And it went on for most of the morning into the early afternoon. So I said to my producer, Beatrice, this is what I, I want to go live with this. And what I wanted to do was to say, this is what I was feeling. It wasn't scary, but I, I could see where people would think this is uncomfortable. You know, if, if being happy all the time is the goal, you know, and I said, I, I call that visiting, but not moving in. Mm -hmm. And I had to remind myself, okay, I can visit here, you know, I don't have to be Eeyore for the rest of my life, but <laughs> you don't have to like take on the identity of it, but just exactly. But I could allow myself to feel this mm -hmm. and then move through it when it was right for me. And yeah. so it was listening to my own advice, but also I wanted to be very real that this was happening and that you could to model for people. So there was a couple of things I wanted to say. First, that I'm as abnormal or abnormal as all of you. And that this morning I said to myself, well, if this is what you help people with, Bernadette, maybe you ought to listen to your own advice. And I went home and I said to my husband, did you watch it? And he goes, boy, are you honest? I said, why was I too honest? <laughs> he said, you don't hear anybody speaking like that. I said, you know, I thought of that later, that when you hear people who professionally like you or I do these things, we don't often hear had a bad day, but it's better today class. All right, let's get going. You know, the honesty of it. And, and it wasn't to scare people, but it's to say, we all feel like this from time to time. And this is what I did with it, you know? Yeah. And I didn't think of it as particularly brave until he said that, you know, mm -hmm. then I was like, yeah, yeah, I was brave. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so I'll go with it. <laughs> but I love when we take that opportunity to remind ourselves of what we've taught. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, that works. I should try that. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I love it. I love it. And, you know, um, we've both had to adjust as many, many people all over the world have had to adjust our working and living schedules and the manner in which we do it, we're all in hybrid now. <laughs> yeah. Although I've been online since 2008, I've been 
pretty, pretty much primarily online since then. I do it in person stuff for locals. Right. But, um, but I also teach workshops. So I'll go, I'll go back to teaching workshops in person, but I have a residency coming up in Europe, an artist residency in France in the winter. Are you going or are you teaching it? I'm going, I'm going to participate in an artist residency where I just get to paint in a chateau in France with a bunch of other artists and get fed and drink wine. And that's what I'm doing this winter. I'm not teaching. (laughs) You need someone to carry your luggage. I'm in. (laughs) Wow. That sounds great. Yeah. Really, really, really excited. Oh, absolutely. Wonderful. So how can people learn more about you? Just visit my website at lightschoolarts.com. You want to spell that out and make sure they know? L-I-G-H-T-S-C-H-O-O-L-A-R-T-S.com. Linear spelling has never been easy for me. Lightschoolarts.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. This, you know, I don't often get the opportunity to speak to a like soul. Mm. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Anytime, you know, Woodstock is full of us. Like, you and you're not all that far from me. So, you right, know. it's close. Come and spend a day in Woodstock. Go to the local New Age store. Where there's four of them. So, you know, <laughs> like it's it's good stuff. <laughs> okay, I'm in touch. No problem. <laughs> all right, I could make myself at home anywhere. Um, it's been absolutely wonderful, and I think that it's so special when we can bring to people what to us seems natural. Mm-hmm. That to others, they're like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and, but willing to listen and learn. Yeah. And say, okay, this might sound strange to me, but let me learn about it. Let me just hear about it, mm-hmm. you know? And isn't that wonderful that yeah. people who just, you know, I have such faith in humanity um, and I'm staying there. No one's moving me from it. And that's that. <laughs> mm, that's beautiful that's wonderful beautiful. well thank you thank well, you thank for being you. a special guest uh, this is lovely and we'll be in touch uh, I'm definitely coming to Woodstock maybe I'm going to France I don't know but we'll work on it <laughs> <laughs> terrific wonderful well oh, this you. has been my special guest CC Treadway and Bernadette Winters Bell and your host of the podcast from heartache to healing and hope with our special season three, From Heartache to the Art of Healing. And you've learned about another way to have the art of healing. (sighs) Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you soon.